Hello, I'm Howard. Welcome to the 9320 Review Podcast, the show that is embarrassed at United only winning 2-1 at Sheffield United. Anyway, happy 6-1 day, everyone. We're looking back at a fascinating game against Brighton and a much-needed three points that was unnecessarily, in my opinion, nervy by the end. To do so, two big hitters, as always, Asan and Jordan. Uh, good afternoon, Asan. How are you? Afternoon, Howard. Um, I'm really good. It's Monday mm-hmm. and... You know I like my Mondays, Howard, so. yeah. and go. especially when City win, and it's Derby week, so, you know. Oh yeah, you love them too, don't you? I love those as well, so I've ticked all the boxes here, lad, I'm going to have a great week. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Jordan, you have to do, bring some Good sanity afternoon. to the party, please. I hate Derby Day. <laughs> I can't stand it. And Mondays. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not a huge fan of Mondays, but I do like what Asan says about making sure that your Mondays are you know, the best day of the week, it sets the tone for the rest of the week. If you have a rubbish Monday, you're likely to have a rubbish week. So I think there's mm. there's a method to that, but I don't think there's any method to the madness of loving Derby Day. Not for me. No. How was your weekend then, anyway, as a whole? Yeah, it was lovely. I uh, I went and watched the Merseyside Derby with my friend Emmett, who I, uh, I sat next to in Istanbul, or stood next to. And uh, weirdly, I just feel like we've got a special bond now that we watched that Rodri moment together. Like, we, we, were, we were friends, but now I'm like, yeah, now I really look forward to seeing Emmett because it brings back memories of standing next to him as that Rodri goal went in. So, mm. yeah, I went and watched the uh, Merseyside derby with him. Went to the game against Brighton. Happy days, as we'll discuss. And uh, went and watched a cracker of a uh, Arsenal-Chelsea match as well after that. And then went for a lovely bowl of ramen. So, what more can you ask for on a Saturday? God, that's like, it's like a perfect day. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, really just, nice. Just need some sangria in the park, so... <laughs> yeah, it wasn't quite weather for that, but it wasn't yeah. a bad day on Saturday. Someone will get those lyrics anyway. I like, I like <laughs> what you straight, did there, Howard. I like what you did there a lot. <laughs> when was that song released, Howard, whichever one you're talking about? Oh, my God. Uh, well, I can't believe you just said that. I know what you're saying, but it might even be... I don't think I'd have been an adult at the time either, so that's no excuse, Jordan, anyway. So. Straight over my head, regardless. Yeah. <laughs> You've watched Train Spotting, haven't you? So I have. I have watched Train Spotting. All right. Well, it's in there somewhere, that song, so <laughs> say no more. <laughs> There's my homework. Anyway, yeah. Oh, yeah. What a brilliant idea. I'm going to give you all homework in the future, so <laughs> <laughs> that'll get you queued up to come on the podcast, won't it? So. <laughs> Uh, quick diversion before we look at the match. I just thought it might be worth a few minutes. I don't know how spurious these links are, Ace, and I'll start with you. But I did notice uh, before the weekend, City have been linked with a move for Tony Cruz in January. For the record, he'll be 34 on the 4th of January. Do we have a senior team? The, 33 on the 3rd of January, but 34 on the 4th of January. Uh, let's assume Phillips leaves, which seems increasingly likely. Would this be a move... Well, in respect of Phillips, that would make any sense to you? No. That no. it? Yeah. No. Really? Yeah. No. Absolutely not. I I just Why? don't see because I don't I I don't think that uh, Tony Cruz could do ten percent of what Rodri does. Uh, so therefore, what would you be signing him for? Like, the reality is that if Rodri gets injured. You'll play Cruz. He'll get run all over. I mean, he's slower than Casemiro. We'll start with that. Yeah, um, he'll get run all over, and then you'll never play him again. So no, no thanks. 
Jordan, I'm reading between the lines here that you disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, look, we're not going to sign anyone who can do anything close to what Rodri can do, because if they could, they wouldn't be happy coming here to sit on the bench. Maybe there's logic in signing a younger player who can grow into that player. But even if Tony Cruz can only do what 10% of Rodri does, he's replacing a guy who can do 0% of what Rodri does. So as far as I'm concerned, it's a massive improvement. He's got incredible pedigree, multi-time Champions League winner, probably has been one of the best players in the world. I know he's on the decline. I know he's getting old, but I definitely think he could come in and do a job. And while he isn't the best defensively, his reading of the game and his ability on the ball is is up there with the very best in the world. So if we could get him on a cheap deal and cheap as far as transfer fees concerned, I know we'd have some big wages, but and get Phillips out the door for close to what we paid for him, happy days. That's a huge net benefit on the squad as far as I'm concerned for a January window. I'd be really pleased with that. I know, I know it wouldn't be perfect, but who else is there that can come in and be an understudy for Rodri and actually offer anything close to what he could give us? I think there's probably tons of players out there that could give you much more of what you need. Um, whilst I understand the idea that Tony Cruz, Cruz has got loads of pedigree, which he has, um, but it's just he's past it. And you, when you look at the second half of the season, you're talking about games that matter. You're talking about situations that will end up deciding titles and deciding cups. And so therefore, I just personally would hate the idea that Tony Cruz came in to be the guy if, God forbid, something happens to Rodri, because I think that we'll be crying after his first big game that he falls apart in or falls down in. And, and also, there's something very Man United about even the <laughs> link immediately. It's like, ugh, there's something really Man United about that. And I just, I don't, just don't like it. I, I don't think, he's never played in the Premier League. And again, like that might sound mad, but it's sort of true. Like he's never played in the Premier League. He's got almost no legs nobody's got any clue about how he could or couldn't adapt, but it's just not a risk worth taking, in my opinion. I want to see John Stones playing the double pivot next to Tony Cruz. That's the stuff of career mode dreams. <laughs> <laughs> it feels good on paper. Like I, I, I understand some of what you're saying, but personally, I would feel very confident, obviously without having ever seen him play in the Premier League or in a Manchester City side, but I would feel confident if we were playing in a Champions League semi-final, if we were going into that, God forbid Rodri's injured with a midfield three of Tony Cruz, Bernardo and De Bruyne. Like, that is outrageous. No? Am, am I going mad? Like, I, I, I'm really excited feels, about this thing. It just feels very... I mean, m- maybe... Yeah. maybe We this used is to sign... Them. We used to sign... And, and I know Cruz is probably a higher level than this, but we used to sign players like this. That doesn't mean it can't... Yeah, you know, when we were... When we were average or whatever, we'd sign Twilight Year players and they rarely worked out. And I wonder why he'd be available anyway then if he's still got so much to give. But truthfully, I've not I've not watched Madrid this season, so I don't know if he's past it. I do know he'll be 34. Uh, I, if it was for the second half of the season, then yeah, but then there's no time to adapt, is there? So... I wouldn't be against it, but I wouldn't be celebrating the streets either, to be honest. It is very short, a very short-term solution that could see us through to next summer. 
And if he's not going to in- insist on playing all the time, I can kind of see it. But yeah, maybe we all just lowering United out so that they sign him on a six-year deal on <laughs> four hundred grand a week. So I'm, I'm not. I like it. And I know this is a big if, though. But and I appreciate we used to sign players like McManaman and Schmeichel or Seaman, whoever, who were in the the latter stages of their career. Yeah. But don't but say a bad he... word against Bosfeltz, by the way. So. I won't. I won't. <laughs> Good. He played a crucial role in the four-three uh, yeah. away at Tottenham. Um, if Tony Cruz was to, was to come here, and I think he would fit in quite well in the system. I, I think his his IQ, his football IQ, is incredibly high, and he's played under Guardiola before at Bayern, before he joined Real Madrid. Fernandinho stayed here until he was thirty seven and was still playing plenty of matches. Now I know Fernandinho's engine and legs started at a higher place than Tony Cruz did. However, I think that could be a solid two year solution. Um, until we find the right player. I, I just don't think that there's many players out there who Pep would trust as a six uh, in a big game. I think he's more likely to trust an older, more experienced head than an emerging talent. Maybe. I think it's a, I think it's a plausible link, sorry, Asan, in that Pep's kind of admitted we probably needed one or two more players. Squad Numbers-wise, we needed more. And yes, getting a proper full-on future 300 appearance type player in January is going to be super difficult. So for that reason, it's plausible. Uh, mm. But of course, who knows if it's what just give you intent is. Just to give you one example of maybe the type. So obviously City have been heavily linked with uh, Valentine Barco, who's, who's mm. like a left-back playmaker from yeah. left-back. Um, who plays in Argentina. There's a lad in Brazil who plays for Fluminense called Andre Trindade, who plays centre-mid as a six and can also play as a centre-back as well. Who's heavily linked with Liverpool in the summer. He's been heavily linked with Arsenal. Uh, the chairman of Fluminense said in the summer he can't go until December, until January, because they're in the uh, Copa Libertadores. Um, mm. So for me... Looking at a player like that makes loads of sense, but looking at a, a stopgap solution just doesn't make any sense to me. I guess my my thing would be if there's a lad in the Premier League, right, who is currently playing and doing it, and he's 32 or 33, and you go, well, you know what, we can probably go and get him from that club. I, I could almost get my head around that. But the idea of going to La Liga, taking Tony Cruz on the basis of his pedigree, dropping him in the City team, only to find out two training sessions in that the lad's got no legs, would just be a calamity for me. I, so I was, the, the, the other thing why I'm pro this move, and it's actually one thing that you probably see as a weakness, um, but I actually like his age. I think we've lost a lot of experience over the summer. We lost Mares, we lost Gundogan, and I think we've seen this season that we lack discipline at the moment. And it might be a jump to suggest this, but there could be something in it that we've lost a couple of cool heads from the dressing room, certainly Gundogan, and experience. And it's not the worst thing to have a couple of older players in your squad who have that experience, who can put an arm around a player, tell them to calm down, a bit of game management experience. And it's, I wouldn't just want to sign him on the basis of pedigree. I believe, I'd, I'd hope that there's still a very, very good player in there as well. I wouldn't be signing him just for the experience. 
But that coupled with the experience, I think could be a really good addition to the squad. Okay. Well, I thought he's obviously not playing, but he did start the weekend against Sevilla. So there you go. Right. If that becomes more conc... He started three of their last four games. Quick look Mm. tells me that he started three of their last four. Yeah. That's 75% ASAP. So not bad. Thank you, Howard. (laughs) (laughs) Quick math lesson there. Yeah, oh, it's, I'm just a genius like that. So, right, let's get to the match. He <laughs> uh, said, I'll stay with you. The team, always being leaked nowadays by fantasy football insiders. It's no fun anymore waiting for an hour before kickoff for the team. Uh, your thoughts on it? Ortega was a standout, of course, in the in the team. Doku on the left, no Diaz. Interesting lineup for sure. On paper, it looked pretty exciting as well. Mm. So... I'm going to start the, at the back with the Ortega, uh, sorry, the Edison and, and Diaz emissions. Um, I think with Edison, I was surprised, but I, I've got a lot of faith in Ortega. I, I don't think I've ever seen mm. him play for City and felt as though he's a problem. And so at, at the when, I, when, I, when the team was leaked, I was like, yeah, okay, fine. He's, he's um, our best number two, I think we've had. Yes, absolutely. He's just not, he's not really a number two. Like, I think that's the thing that when you see him play, for me, he probably starts for 90, 95% of the football clubs out there. So the fact that you have a number two who isn't really a number two is, is just fantastic. So it's not really, it's not really something that bothered me when I saw it in the, in the lineup. I think the Diaz one was interesting. We had a conversation, didn't we, before the international break? about Diaz's distribution. Do you remember that? Mm. Um, yeah. I don't think it was on a podcast. I think it was just a WhatsApp chat that we'd had. Um, and I, I said that I felt that he, in the absence of Rodri, uh, struggled with his distribution a little bit. I don't think that he, he moved the ball with the, um, uh, with the accuracy or the pace or even the, the kind of pass selection. I don't think his, his pass selection was great. Um, so within the context of the fact that we had that conversation before the international break, I did sort of raise an eyebrow seeing him not being in the team. And I did immediately wonder whether there is a little bit of Pep and his exacting standards and the idea of, yeah, you've got to be a defender, but you also have to be smart and accurate with your passing as well. So it's not real for me. The squad is so good and the, the, most of the players that we have are so good that it's rare that there's a selection that you sort of go, oh, well, I really don't like that. Um, so I was fine with that. Uh, seeing Stones back for me is just huge. Really, really, really happy with that. Uh, Doku keeping his place meant a lot. Um, and Phil and Alvarez continuing to kind of be the the buzzy bees behind... Uh, <laughs> behind Haaland is just I think it works when 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 there's a little bit of a platform for them for them to play from i.e. when Rodri is there I think it works really well so now I was very happy with the team thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show to listen to the full podcast and all our contents including reviews previews analysis quizzes and much more go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description 
So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.